0: Welcome to you wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live and the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas with you for this very special Christmas edition of Lighthouse Live. Of course, our producer and co-host with us, Chris Whitler.
1: You know, if I pushed your
0: button there, you could probably... There uh, you go. Yeah, there
1: I am. Hello, everybody.
0: Chris, a man of many talents, by the way. You know, youth with a mission um, a singer, guitar. You know, one of these days, Chris, you're going to have to come in and and play for us. I mean, you've actually recorded stuff that's online and, and folks can hear it. Maybe we can twist your arm to do that someday. Sure. Also uh, with us is our faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey, and tonight we're going to be sharing what uh, some incredible things that have happened this year with Advancing Vibrant Communities as we've been out with you serving the community. Uh, with us tonight uh, is uh, our office manager, who really has revolutionized the whole thing over this past year, Brenda Lapome, and uh, one of our service coordinators, Beverly Ballam. And, and Beverly actually started with us as a, an intern with the uh, University of Phoenix and did such a great job that she uh, stayed on. And uh, happy to have her. And also, uh, one of our infamous, legendary furniture friends. Uh, absolutely. David Lambert with us, and uh, David's going to talk to us a little bit about some of the incredible experiences that they've had out there. So an uh, exciting broadcast ahead. We appreciate you uh, being with us uh, this evening. Again, welcome to Lighthouse Live here on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. And uh, before we get started, we want to check in with our friends from the Pacific Justice Institute and Brad Dacus.
2: It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus.
3: A ministry to the homeless in Chico, California, had been threatened by the city leaders this past summer. For five years, Orchard Church provided meals and messages of hope to the needy gathering at the local park on Sunday nights. But suddenly, the city demanded the church get a permit and then revoke the permit it had just issued. will Pastor Jim Culp then contacted Pacific Justice Institute. With Pastor Jim's resolve and PGI's notice to the city that the First Amendment gives this church the right to serve the needy, an agreement was reached which enables Orchard Church to continue to extend the love of Christ in very tangible ways. I'm Brad Dacus.
2: To find out more about the legal edge, call nine one six eight five seven sixty nine hundred or log on at Pacificjustice dot org.
0: And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. Did, did I hear that right? The city demanded that they get a permit to feed the homeless and then and then revoked it. Is that
4: yeah that what I heard? Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you, Brad Dacus. Appreciate your help. I'm sure the homeless folks appreciate that as, as well.
1: I wonder if Brad Dacus ends every conversation he has by saying, I'm Brad. I'm Brad, Brad Dacus. <laughs> I wondered. I'm you know, Brad Dacus.
0: <laughs> Brad has an incredible story. Yes. Uh, Just, just an incredible story. And and I'm, I won't go into it now because sometime we will want to feature it. But uh, he was in an accident, I think, when he was, what, maybe 17? I, I can't remember the story. But anyway... They didn't think that he would live, hmm. uh, much less be able to have brain function. And here he is, one of our brightest attorneys in, in California and uh, doing great work. So it's just a, an incredible, incredible story. Again, you can check out to what's happening there at the Pacific Justice Institute at PacificJustice.org. Well, I want to take tonight and just rehearse some of the cool things that have happened this past year, and uh, Chris, I'm, I'm going to kind of lead off with that, okay? Uh, because I saw an incredible transition, transformation of Advancing Vibrant Communities over the past year. You know, financially, we were just kind of hanging on with, with bloody fingernails for a long time, and a lot of sacrifices were made that, that were kind of tough to do, but we just felt, man, this is what we're dialed in to do this is mm-hmm. what god has called us to do so we hung in there and uh it was kind of after we hit that that 10-year mark the things just kind of locked in and uh, the finances came in uh back on december 1st of of 2012 mm-hmm. we were a staff of three uh there's my myself and and there was actually a staff of two at that time yeah and uh, john Angle. Yeah, yeah our our, our uh Projects foreman out there with volunteers building wheelchair ramps and, and installing grab bars for uh, disabled and elderly folks that, that could not uh, afford it. And so there we were, the two of us, trying to balance this this whole thing, and, and more calls for service were coming in. And, um, you know, I, I knew there might be light at the end of the tunnel, but mm-hmm. it looked like a train coming in the opposite direction. You know one of those situations and so uh but things opened up, the finances came in, and one of the first brilliant things we did was hire Brenda, and uh Brenda took over as our office manager just about a year ago on december sixteen and uh and Beverly came on full time with us, and we went from two people mm-hmm. trying to run this whole countywide operation yes. to now a staff of eight. Yeah, And, uh, it's just, uh, amazing. And, and Chris, you came on, uh, the board over a year ago. Yep. And, uh, now also serve as our part-time volunteer coordinator and, uh, and techie dude. I mean, I, I'm techie dude. Yeah. <laughs> just the, you know, the Facebook thing and, and I may be a twit, but I don't tweet well, you know. Yes. And, and so it's, it's really cool for you to do that because I, I just a little bit beyond
1: me. <laughs> well, yeah. And actually we can take this moment to invite you to like us on Facebook. And actually I have a special request with that. Um, if you are a friend of ours on Facebook or if you, if you've liked our page, which is AVC Modesto on Facebook, um, if you have done that, I would really encourage you to, as you see us posting things, it really helps us out if you share those posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we try to do is every day update our Facebook page uh mostly to highlight uh, some of the needs that are in our database and uh, as people share those around facebook um you might not have the resources to meet some of those needs but maybe somebody in your friend list, or that's viewing your timeline, might have the resources to meet that need, and it just helps us spread the word. So if you're our friend, first of all, well, become our friend. You want to be our friend, and then, <laughs> and then as you see us posting, take some time to to share those things around. All you got to do is click the little share button, and and that helps out a lot and helps get some of our needs met.
0: I think one of the most brilliant commercials. Of the past decade is the current one with James Earl Jones and Malcolm McDowell for what what is it uh, Sprint, where they're they're on a, a stage in informal attire pretending that they're on Facebook right yeah. You know, <laughs> Gregory wants to be your friend. And, you know, just, I just, wish I was the guy that had come up with that. This is brilliant. And every time I think of, you know, Chris on Facebook, I'm thinking of Malcolm McDowell and James Earl Jones doing their doing their thing. Yeah. Uh, but but with that, Chris, technology has really helped us this year. Mm-hmm. And the the thing that has really lit us on fire in a very positive way. Is technology called Meet the Need, which is an online web-based volunteer and resource management system that is absolutely incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a grand slam home run. And the cool thing about it is it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. I know what you're saying at home. Yeah, we always hear these <laughs> radio guys. It's free. But wait, there's more. No, no, there's no, no hook here. Really, it is, it is free. Your, your organization or your church, uh, if you're local or even if you're far away and you would like to see some of these needs that are carefully researched and maybe connect your, your folks with the opportunity to meet those needs. You can do that on your own website. Don't have to come to our rep- website. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the cool thing about it. You are totally in control. You choose what's up there and uh, all these needs that our staff so carefully triages and, and uh, goes through the process of making sure that they're legitimate, et, et cetera. Those needs can be on your website to get your people connected with it. And it's absolutely incredibly simple. If I can do it, friends, you can do it. Yes. You know, I mean, it took me about an hour and a half to get ABCs up. And uh, so it, it, if you have the will, you can do it. Just give us a call. By the way. If you want to contact us, our phone number, 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. And if you'd like to see that database in action, go to our website, vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. Click on Meet a Need Today, and it'll take you right there, and you're going to see a bazillion, maybe a bazillion and a half, uh, <laughs> needs that have been carefully researched by our staff. Just, just, uh, Just incredible. And, and by uh,
1: bazillion might need, might means a little over three hundred. Yeah, a little over three hundred, <laughs> maybe four hundred. Yeah. I went to journalism school. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, yeah, you know how to. Yeah bazillion, yeah, bazillion with a B. It just means a lot. It means a bunch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Brenda, you have you have really seen us grow. Over the past year, and and you came in as someone kind of familiar with what uh, the ministry was all about, and you know researching needs, connecting volunteers uh, up to those needs. What what is what are some of the amazing things that you have seen over the past year, as as uh, you you and your staff have really ramped this thing up to the point that we're we're just humming like we never have hummed before.
1: Besides the amazing thing. The the first amazing thing is that Mike is not the office manager. That's yeah, the big he's glad amazing to have handed thing. That, over <laughs> that, that
2: is not have only that an amazing thing,
0: <laughs> that is an indication of God's grace yes. upon the city of Modesto that I am not the <laughs> office manager, yes.
2: Well it has been amazing. Um I don't use that word lightly and uh to see um, how we've been able to touch a lot of lives and I have the privilege of being here every day and um, I came to this job after being unemployed for 14 months and the biggest blessing was waiting for this job. I mean I knocked on a lot of doors and and they were all closed and I didn't understand. And now when people ask me, you know, do you love your job? How, what do you, what about your job? And I said, it's the best job I never knew that I wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just awesome to uh, be able to serve and then work with this great staff, you know, of uh, service coordinators we have and the, the volunteers like Dave and, and, um, Leonard and Mm -hmm. George and, and Furman, who couldn't be here tonight and Ken, I mean, they're just amazing what they do every week, um, getting these items, furniture, some large pieces and stuff. And they just, from their heart, they serve and bring these items to our people in need every yeah, week.
0: And that is such an incredible thing. I and mean, we're talking about picking up appliances. Uh, you guys, Dave, you guys have picked up some monster chairs. I mean, these, these things were, you know, heavy, heavy, heavy duty, the medical, you know, electric, electric chair doesn't lift, sound right, does it? lift, right. lift chairs. Yeah, the lift yeah. chairs. And, uh, and, and you, I don't know how, you, I don't know how you got those three humongous chairs out of that mobile home. I never <laughs> oh, went back
4: for the Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh,
0: and uh, tell us, Remind us how, uh, and I remember uh, originally the the first contact that we had with you. How what what how did you find us, and then what what kind of caused you to to stay with this wonderful group called the Furniture Friends?
4: Honestly, I don't remember how. I you guys, uh, somebody I knew said get a hold of Pastor Mike and gave me your name, and somehow the connection was made. Um. I had a pastor about twenty years ago who made a remark to me, and she said, "When life sucks, go s- go scrub somebody's floor." Hmm. And um, over the years, I, I've just been reminded over and over and over again how much wisdom is in that statement. She wasn't talking about giving ten bucks to the United Way. She wasn't talking about giving a cigarette to a homeless guy. She was talking about stepping out of your comfort zone and doing something, hmm. yeah. M- working. You know, for no benefit other than for somebody else. And I got to tell you, coming down and helping out here is the high point of my week. Uh, I don't know of any better way to secure blessings to your own life than stepping out and helping other people. Mm. Um, I just love it. And and this is not
0: easy work you guys are doing. It requires some... (laughs)
4: Oh, well, sometimes we just skip along and, you know, and sing songs. And <laughs> <laughs> we sweat uh, a little. I, I've, been, sweat. I've been with
1: them a couple of times. Yes. So nobody skips or sings.
0: <laughs> well, and, and let's talk about this, because this is, this is a really cool thing. Uh, you know, we, we get a lot of requests, Brenda, right? Right for beds. Yes. And kind of trace uh, the, this recent history of, of this wonderful blessing that, that we've been given.
2: Um, early November, I received a call from, a, um, from Laura, who is the uh, manager at Best Western in Patterson, actually, and they are mandated every many so many years to change out their beds, and they're in good condition. And she had called another organization here in Modesto and asked if they take beds, and they said, no, we don't, but call Advancing Vibrant Communities. And to this day, she does not remember who referred who it was that referred her, but I, you know, it was a really God, God sent her. I tell her and, uh, she just had this burden that these perfectly good beds, um, not go into the landfill. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, so we made a connection and, um, Chris has been our driver on this, and uh, uh, yesterday we actually got our second load, and they're all kings and queens, but... Um, You're
0: talking about the beds, not the guys Yes, that, that's that. right, the beds. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's one of the number one needs we have, you know, on, on our database is for beds. Um, mm-hmm. People have been sleeping on floors and... And so that was a real, that's a real blessing. And, um, well, it's not it,
1: only mattresses, it's box free. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Absolutely.
0: Well, and, and you talk about Chris here driving.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it oh, was yeah. <laughs> the, the first vehicle. It was a 26 footer. Yeah. It's this the biggest was a, thing I've ever driven. It was a behemoth yeah. thing. I mean, you know, Big this guy. was a, amazing uh you know this reminded me of the, of the hobbit and smaug or whatever his name is, <laughs> you know, is a big big dude yeah and uh it, it was and you filled it up yeah yeah up. right you filled it up there were some I wonder, 21 beds the first time something like that somewhere around 20 yeah, yeah.
1: yesterday yeah. we got a whole truckload more so yeah. yeah we're gonna have a lot of a lot of beds to give away i noticed yes. our first load is is uh gone in the warehouse or almost gone right there's there's been quite a few delivered
2: yeah so now
1: we got now we got another uh, batch yeah well
0: and that's one of the things that we try to do uh, is not to warehouse things for a long time you know we want to get it in and and brenda you may want to talk about this a little bit you'd think well someone has a need you just go give it to them talk a little bit about what's involved in meeting a need it's not an easy thing to do
2: no um we talk- people will call, and maybe they've been referred by a friend or a social agency, and they're not sure what we're all about and so we all beverly can say the same that we gently you know tell them that we uh depend on generous donations from the community we don't have funds or grants to purchase items and um and so we have to wait until things are donated to us. Some things we get a lot more frequently, like sofas and recliners, um, some things we hardly ever get, and uh, so they get put on a waiting list, and then also we're not dogmatic about that if there's a brand new a client that comes on that has nothing, and I, I want Dave to speak to this in a few minutes, somebody they met uh, this year but um then i will look at that we will look at that sure. and consider that and at least get them you know something so they're not sleeping literally on the floor on on tile so um but this database the meet the need really helps us with knowing you know keeping our our, our uh, waiting list so we can tell the dates things were entered and and uh
0: well, one of the challenges that that you have often is that the people in need are very much in need. And often right. the phone has been disconnected. Yes. You know, they're using what the cops show call a burn phone. You know, when right. you just go by at the, you know, corner store. Yeah. And we can't get a hold of them. Right. So it's not <clears> – <throat> it can take exactly. hours and sometimes a couple of days to make one of those connections. So when you're talking about – you know maybe 21 beds going out there's yeah. a lot of hours involved yeah. in making that connection and
2: sometimes like the other day i had to go meet with the client who who the phones i could not get through so right. i went there and or we've sent letters you know we have some things for you where are you you know <laughs> and uh sometimes we hear from them sometimes they are very transient and they've already moved sure. on but
0: um well and that, and that's where the staff comes in right. that's why when you need the staff of right. 8 if you don't have that, these connections aren't going to happen. I exactly. can tell you that from
2: exactly personally. So, and then, and then if it's they like don't running a
1: detective agency, yeah, it, <laughs> is. it is,
2: it really is, yeah. And in, then in we ways. move on to the next. You know, we right. have. There's always, you know, for every person um, waiting, there's ten in line. You know, right. for every item that has maybe come in, there's maybe forty or fifty that need the same thing. So Absolutely. it's never a shortage of having someone to give it to it's you're right it's sometimes contacting them and um so now
0: beverly over a year ago and, and by the way one of the great programs we have is the relationship we have with the university of phoenix and uh, if if you don't know the the way it works the the folks in the in the classes in order to get their degree have to do a certain amount of uh, community service hours, volunteer hours. It used to be 80. It's now, what, like 100 and,
2: 150.
0: 150 hours. And so it's a beautiful way for you know someone who is getting their degree in social services to complete their hours by interning with Advancing Vibrant Communities. And Beverly, let's talk a little bit about your experience with uh, being an intern and then why did you stay with this crazy bunch here?
5: Why did I say, well, I think it's a really good fit for me, first of all. Um, I would say a lot of our clients are senior citizens, and they really need a lot. Um, Not just material things, but they need some companionship and transportation and somebody to laugh with. And um, so I found I really had a connection with the elderly, and it, it makes me feel really good. Uh just last week, I, I took a, a regular um, who I hadn't gotten to see for a while because um the interns were taking up the hours. But I took her out, and she just grabbed me by my face and mm. told me how happy she was to see me. And so we went grocery shopping, got prescriptions, and had lunch. And it just makes me feel good. Because their families, they they don't come around. She has family, but they don't come around.
0: That that is the case more often than not Mm -hmm. with a lot of our elderly folks. That their families have abandoned. It's not like they don't. They're not around, but they're they're abandoned. And you know, and Beverly, I think you just hit on something that's that's very important to us at ABC, and that is taking the opportunity to spend time and develop a relationship with the person that's in need. You know, we we just don't want to do this hit-and-run thing where we go and we throw a couch at them or we, you know, we just take them to their appointment and then drop them back home. You you want to spend the time to really minister to them because they're lonely and they need that that special contact.
5: Right. I do take a lot of items out, but it's not the same connection Mm -hmm. you know like I might not see that person again we met their needs and um, they're happy with that they they don't require more but these elderly people they require more and um, I feel really good giving to them
0: you know I'm thinking not only the the elder we were talking about prioritizing triaging we used to call it in in Mm -hmm. the fire and rescue service uh, Brenda, one one of the issues is we have to look at the degree of need. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we serve the the Haven House locally. Uh, the, this is where battered women go to to be safe and to get relocated. And some of them have little kids, and they're trying. They're, they go into a new property to be safe, and they don't have anything you know well that that that's going to bump up the list you know and uh some of these situations where single moms or dads have kids that are sleeping on the floor mm-hmm. you know that's that's a that's a high need
1: people coming out of homelessness
0: Oh, yeah big time yes
2: and we have a lot of partner agencies and i just want to read a little card that um um one of the social workers from Aspirinette in Turlock um, brought in. She discovered us and um, just has fallen in love with us because she personally, uh, while well, her clients, uh, most of them are in re- reunification, you know, they've been doing drugs or alcoholics or whatever, and they're in sober living and and gone through all of that and now are ready to get into their housing. And she would spend endless hours off the clock on Craigslist looking for the kind of items that that are donated to us that we Mm -hmm. pass. Well, she has become, she just loves us. And um, it's been a great partnership. Um, A lot of them are women. And like you said, they come out of their situation with nothing. And um, so she wrote and she said, thank you so very much for providing such amazing support and donations for our pro-family clients. Your organization is absolutely wonderful and have given our clients hope and care in the form of items for their home. Um, lives of families have been transformed Um Thanks in part to the tireless effort, efforts that your agency has to serve those. Thank you. Thank you for helping. So that's really gratifying to have this newer partner, you know, and, um, and so it's, and, and I have to say when I've met some of these clients, some have been men too, actually, huh? Some of mm-hmm. the early ones yes. were men mm-hmm. that were raising their little kids and, um, And I know Dave is shaking his head. They've had the privilege of going out and very impressive how grateful they are. And it's just, it's just an awesome thing. Yeah. Well,
0: I want to mention some names, by the way, because not everybody could be here tonight. And you know, some are, are, they they do get sick once in a while, you know. Yes. And and we invite them not to come. Yes. (laughs) We want you to get well at home and because we do have to, try to keep the staff well here. Uh, Brenda Lapome, of course, our, our office manager. And then our services, service coordinators, uh, you've just met, uh, Beverly Ballam. And then, uh, Rose Bird, uh, works with us as well. Janetta Ferguson, uh, who is another, uh, University of Phoenix, uh, intern for a while. Amber Qualls, same thing for Amber. She came out of the, uh, University of Phoenix with us. Our, uh, volunteer bookkeeper, uh, is, uh, Kathy Pronk. And then my daughter Heather, when she's home, uh, also, uh, also serves as well. And, uh, Chris Whitler, uh, man of many hats, the one he wears here again. Uh, he's, uh, our, our social media expert as well as our volunteer, uh, coordinator. And Chris, you, you bring a, an interesting perspective because you've been with youth with a mission for a long time mm-hmm. and uh, you have a lot of street experience with with ministry. Talk to us a, a little bit about the importance of engaging with the people in need and developing the relationships with them.
1: Yeah, and I I I do think that that is what um kind of sets AVC apart and you know there's a lot of great programs uh here in our community and you know when you're working under certain kinds of grants and when you when you're doing certain kinds of work there's just not a lot of time to personally connect with people. Right. Yeah. You uh you know you you know you have to take care of business and, and do things that are within your grant and when within the sphere of, of what you're operating under. Um and A V C has has tried to remain Pretty free of some of that stuff, so that our volunteers can personally connect with people. And I just think that, you know, I actually I had a uh, a high schooler email me the other day. She wanted to interview me through email about uh, homelessness and poverty mm. in our area. And some of her questions. Her last question is, "What do you think that that the poor and the needy in our area need the most?" And, uh, my answer to her was that they need the most what everybody needs the most. They need to know that there are people that are walking with them, who love them, who have the time to sit and listen to them, and actually connect on a real level. Um, because that's what we all need, yeah, you know? Absolutely. And, and actually we are a culture that is starved for it. Mm-hmm. Not just among the people who are struggling and in poverty. Um, I think we're, we're all, we're all hungry for real connection, for real relationships. It's, the, the needs are universal.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Brenda mentioned it, uh, before and that was the value of partnerships mm-hmm. and collaboration. And we, we, we thought it was, we did this a couple of years ago and I'm sure the number has gone up, but we, we said, well, I don't know how many agencies we partner with or, you know, let's sit down. So I, we, we sat down and we began to list them. And we stopped at 95. Right. And we just looked at that and said, wow, you know, that, that's incredible. From your perspective, Chris, can you talk a little bit about the value of not trying to be everything to everybody, but kind of hitting that sweet spot where God has called you to be and equipped you to be and then partnering with those who can do other things better than you can. That's right. For the city.
1: Yeah. Like if, if, if we as an organization tried to be all of the things that the people in our, database need, it would, it would drive us crazy. (laughs) And, and that's, that's just the thing. It's, it's, uh, you know, the, the kind of the byline for advancing vibrant communities is one act of kindness at a time. And, um, as we work with other organizations, community partnerships, with volunteers, even with government agencies, because there's, there's pieces of the answer for our community that we all hold. Right. And if we don't bring them together, um, then that the needs of our community won't get met. And, um, I see AVC as one of the organizations that is, is waving the banner to say, let's all gather together, bring what we all have to the table and from what we have, the assets that are in our community, we can bring them together and then they can be released out to the people that need them the most.
0: And I think one of the things we're blessed with is a dynamic relationship with our local government. Yes. We have a great relationship with the county. We have a great relationship with the city. And there's never any of this, you know, ooh, you're, you know, kind of churchy folks, you're faith-based folks, we can't work with. Never had
1: that. I yeah. uh, never had that. You know, I was thinking that listening to the Brad Dacus piece uh, from the Pacific Justice Institute right. of what a blessing we have here in Modesto. We have church in the park. Uh, we have all kinds of things that happen in our city parks that are there to be ministry for the downcast community for the street community and um man, we have a it seems like there's some good relationships there with the city allowing some of those things to happen
0: well and that that took a while to develop and i think one of the keys to that chris is you don't go in saying here's what we're going to do for you you go to the city and go to the county and say here's what we're capable of doing what can we do to help you accomplish your mission right and then you develop relationships and the cool thing chris is if if we were in a spot doing something that was going to be problematic we have the relationship so that someone on the city council or the mayor or or, or uh, in in the county the the county ceo have the permission to call us up they they have our numbers right. and I say hey mike we have a problem here so we can iron it out without having out having to in court and all that ridiculous stuff, right. you know, so the value of developing relationships not only with the people in need but developing relationship with the movers and shakers in the community right. the, the government officials as well as the other agencies and uh you know it's it, and I keep harping on this a lot. you have to be willing to sit down and develop relationships with people in order to make this thing work mm-hmm. it doesn't work outside that that relational uh, yeah. aspect david you you've been with us over a year now i think I mean, about a year and a half about a year and a half <laughs> yeah. and maybe give us a, a story or two about uh people that have impacted you or, or certain uh services that you've gone out to do that that have just kind of touched your heart
4: gosh it's been a life changer <laughs> i mean <laughs> uh uh there are several there are many actually uh recently there was a. uh, uh uh, one of the women that we've, we've come in contact repeatedly is down in Turlock. She is a military wife. Her husband tried to kill her. He stabbed her. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, when she got out of the hospital, she threw her two boys in the car. She came as far West as she could come. Mm. And, uh, they arrived here with nothing. And, uh, I mean, they didn't even have a blanket. And, uh, I don't think I've met very many people in my life that have the positive attitude, the ready smile, the humility, the just, you mm. know, willingness to to try that this woman has. And she's totally inspiring. Um, you know, her boys are terrific. Uh, you know, and, and she's just one of many. Uh, what were you able to deliver to them? We have given them beds, furniture, we've basically furnished an apartment wow. and but I think a lot of that is just the human contact and the friendships that we've developed and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we touch base with her fairly regularly. She's she's just a terrific gal. She's still having a heck of a time. Um, but she's gonna make it. Yeah, and that's great. you know, it's it's it takes a lot like to that. get back up on your feet. It really does. It really does. One thing I want to say is I happen to be the guy sitting here tonight, but I'm just one of a whole crew, and there's nothing that sets me apart. I just happen to be sitting here with Furman and George and Ken and Leonard and John and Dave and all of these guys. You know, every every one of these guys just comes out on their own and, and does it pretty much for the same reason I do. I mean, it's just a source of joy, um, and um, I'm I'm thankful to be here.
0: You know the the history of the Furniture Friends is absolutely incredible, and I'm I'm going back now. Uh, we've we're in our eleventh year uh, at this point, but I'm going back to year maybe two or three, and uh, it was uh, Leonard and Ken, Leonard Heisel and and uh, Ken Klein, had known each other either in kindergarten or first grade, I think it was, and had not seen each other for many a moon. I mean, years and years and years. And they got reunited here at Advancing Environment Communities and they remembered each other and uh, great friendship. So they, they needed some help, you know, just, just two guys trying to schlep all their furniture gets, gets a little old after a while. And so uh, a new guy came on the scene and his name was Dan. And Dan was really cool. Dan had like the city memorized. He knew every street. He knew where it was. And he would, you know, he'd be there schlepping the furniture with him, up the stairs, down the stairs. He'd be helping steady the refrigerator. And the amazing thing about Dan was that Dan was blind. He was blind. And he said, you know, I went to other agencies. They wouldn't take me because I can't see. And he says, I I just want to help these guys deliver furniture. I said, man, if you can do it, go for it, you know. And, of course, you know, Leonard and Ken being Leonard and Ken at, at one point, they all put on dark glasses and were holding onto each shoulder, pretending like all three of them are blind. And you know, uh, you, I mean, you buy them books, you send them to school, and nobody happens. You know, but it's just a wonderful team. And and uh, you know, Dan uh, unfortunately had a stroke a couple of years ago, and he he no longer can uh, can do the physical job. But uh, Dave again is representative, and and these guys, the, I, I tell you, it's just a love. Of serving people Mm -hmm. you know it's and and the the jobs that they do in sweltering heat and and in in the inclement weather is just absolutely uh incredible so Dave thank you on behalf of of your team the furniture friends for what you do
4: I would I would just make the point again that you know what what I heard so many years ago was really really true if your life is hard go scrub somebody's floor yeah uh
0: it gives you a new perspective, too, It gets there, you though.
4: out of yourself. It teaches you. It, it just puts you in contact with something bigger than yourself, mm-hmm. and your mm-hmm. problems don't matter anymore.
1: And yeah. especially when you meet people who are having much more difficult problems absolutely. than you, and they're facing it with a smile, like yeah, what you said. absolutely. Yeah.
0: And, and, you know, there's very interesting you mentioned that, Chris. I do a lot of funerals throughout, throughout the year, mostly families that aren't connected with the churches, is what, which is why I get them. But what amazes me is especially those who were born, you know, in the late 1920s, the early 1930s, they grew up in the throes of the Great Depression. These people have a spirit that cannot be conquered. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're the gritty people and they learned that you know what? You you work to eat, and if if there's an obstacle in front of you, you don't let it defeat you, you to find a way around it, over it, through it, you know, somehow. And it's just been amazing to me to hear these stories. Uh, w- recently, one lady, uh it, when she was, I think, six or seven years old, of course, now we have child labor laws and never work, but she was six, seven years old. Her family could barely scrape anything together to eat. And so she would go down to the local glass factory and they have you know she would gather the the soap uh that that, that was used uh, and and she would get make soap you know for, david you would relate to that right <laughs> you, uh, yeah. anyway she would she would go to the, and and take the refuse from the glass factory and sell those little bars of soap for 10 cents apiece which you know during the depression was was not too shabby and you know, so it's that spirit that is is so nice to see. And and in your story here, Dave, about this this lady that just she's going to make it, you know, because she has yeah, the she focus. Is. And yeah. that's just just so cool to to hear. Mm-hmm. Barely any any people you've met, uh, any experiences that that you have that just kind of touched you. And again, we don't need to use last names or anything, but any, any situations that just kind of touched your heart and said, "Wow, you know, I that." sure glad i showed up today to take care of this particular issue uh
5: we do have a gal who has um five children and she's single and and she was pregnant and uh living in a little shack i don't know where she put all the children i i drove up in my car to deliver some dishes and um other items. And the little girls asked me, do you have my bunk bed? <laughs> 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 it's so, um, of course I didn't. But uh, I imagine that it must be very hard for that woman with all those children. And uh, the yard was nothing but dirt. So the kids were dirty, mm-hmm. but uh, they looked like they were fed. So, that kind of broke my heart. Yeah, especially
0: when children are involved. Yes, it's,
5: uh, it's something else.
0: Brenda, you uh, this, again. A couple of our staff people could not be here mm-hmm. tonight. I know you've got a couple of stories from them to relate.
2: Yes, Rose um, was talking about somebody that really um, can that sh- that really connected with her, and it was a woman named B, and she was in her eighties and very healthy, and really felt led of the Lord to donate all of her household items to us. She was moving. And um, she was downsizing pretty much everything, um, a matter of fact, that was the first time Chris came out and and we, as a big team, got together. We rented a, a truck because our team our furniture friends have mostly pickups and I just knew this was going to be easier and Rose and I had gone to b 's home a day or two before and made the list lovely, lovely woman and um, so excited about the amount of people who were going to be helped. She really, really wanted everything to go to help someone. She goes, I could sell this, but I I don't want the money. I don't really need it. And I, and I could give it to another organization if I sold the money, you know, got money. So anyway, long story short, it was a very lovely day. All of us going out there and her son, her daughter and son-in-law were there and her sister, uh, was there and she lived down south and B was going to go with her sister down south to help her sister do the same thing. They were all going to move up to Oregon. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we picked everything up. As a matter of fact, went back a day later. Um, a couple of guys went back and got her fridge and things like that. Well, that was a Thursday on Saturday, I get a call from Leonard on our furniture team, and he said, "Are you driving?" I said, "Yes." He said, "Pull over. I have something mm. to tell you." And I go, "What?" He goes, "Pull over." So I did, and he told me that he had found out, and rightly so, that um, B was in a fatal car accident mm. with her sister, yeah. and they had all been they were, had died. And I mean, it was just shocking. And all of us, as as the news got out, were just <laughs> flabbergasted by that. And, um, uh, Rose had said, um, I am still affected when I ponder how she called us and told us, you never know how long you will be here Mm. and how we got to meet her. And ABC interviewed her before her death. I think Mm -hmm. Chris uh, had interviewed her and she said, and it was sad and awesome all at the same time, Mm -hmm. how sudden her death and, uh, and how she came to us. And I mean, that was so sobering, yet it was um, um, an almost joyful thing and mm-hmm. um, to give the things because right about that same time we had another family of seven children and they had lost everything in a fire. Mm-hmm. So we had a few extra things in the warehouse and they had tremendous need. The Red Cross had sheltered them in a motel, but now they were in their new rental and they literally had nothing. And we were able to get um, quite a few things to them pretty quickly because, and a lot of it was stuff from B. And yeah. so it, God knew, you know, you really, it makes you really understand that God knows everything yeah. and we don't understand it. And sometimes we question it, yet to see that is just an awesome, awesome yeah. thing. And so that, that, uh, was something I think all of us were greatly touched by because a lot of us were all involved in her life, you know, yeah. the furniture team and, and us, you know, at the office. And then, and then her, uh, daughter contacted us a, f- a month or so later and co- uh, contributed the rest of her items yeah, that, that, that she was going to be taking awesome. down south, hmm. you know, and so,
1: how great that her la- the last act yes. of her life was giving.
2: yes absolutely and that's exactly what she would have wanted mm-hmm. you know her and her husband uh while he was alive way early on were involved very early on in the uh, uh, with the gospel mission and and so they've always had a heart for for those who who need a leg you know, a hand up, you know, mm-hmm. and and that was her her heart, so.
4: She was yeah. a real bright, positive, oh, yes. late, she, in her 80s, I think, or Early, late yes. 70s. Yes, and healthy as and could be. Just just spry and yes. healthy and happy, and and yes. and, and even though there's a, a real tragedy there and it hit us all, there's a harmony there, too. Yes, mm-hmm. and, exactly. Uh, uh, it's funny how these things work out. Yeah, uh-huh.
2: I know. So it it was just... That was one that I think stands out greatly to, to a yeah. lot of us. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, that was awesome.
0: Chris, we were talking about the partnerships with government, and one of the partnerships we have is with the uh, Office of Emergency Services mm-hmm. uh, here in the county. And uh, we had a situation, and we have it a lot in this area in Central California. In the dead of summer, we get some pretty nasty heat waves. yes. And uh, in in 2006 was – we had a really bad one this year. The last really bad one was around 2006. And they found that, by and large, the mortality rate that was the highest was for single men who were in mobile home parks who were elderly uh, because either their air conditioning didn't work. Yes. Or, you know, they don't want to spend the money and, and. They're from, part of that generation of that, you were talking about. Absolutely. Pushes through. Right. And, and so we're very sensitive to the fact when the heat wave heat, uh, hits, it's not just putting a fan in there. You got to lower the ambient temperature in the room. Mm-hmm. Moving hot air, air around does not, you know, just solve the problem. You got you got to lower the ambient temperature to save lives. You had an incredible experience and, a bunch of partnerships we had the county involved uh youth with the mission was involved i mm-hmm. think you had some other folks with you at the mm-hmm. time and mm-hmm. and abc involved talk a little bit about how that rolled out
1: yeah uh i was uh driving with uh, my friend josiah and uh we were downtown when i got a call um we run a little uh outreach cafe every friday morning at uh 1030 on South 9th Street, which is an area of town where there's a lot of people that are struggling and, and, uh, in need and there's a, an active street community, shall we say? And, uh, so we set up a little cafe down there to build relationships on Fridays. And, uh, one of the guys we had met, John, he, um, He had been coming around and really been showing interest in the cafe. One is because it's a place for him to come to connect with people, to actually Mm -hmm. spend time talking with people. He lives a very solitary life and he is a single retired gentleman who lives in a mobile home. And, uh, this little trailer that he lives in is, was probably built sometime in the fifties. It's a pretty much a metal box. It's like it was, it's a, it's a vacation trailer. It's not an, meant to be lived in. And, uh, you know, it would be something that a couple would take in the 1950s (laughs) on a camping trip. (laughs) But John lives in it. And, um, so as we were driving around, this was a really hot day. Uh, John called me and just the sound of his voice. It's, he sounded very strange. And so, uh, I said to uh, my friend, we should, we should probably go over there. Well, what, what happened is John has a lot of stuff and, and he has to put three boxes in front of his door in order for everything to fit in his house. So what he does is he opens his door, moves his boxes, goes in the trailer, puts the boxes back in front of the door, and closes the door. Well, John had gotten so hot and weak inside of his trailer and didn't have any water to drink. And he got um, dehydrated and uh was really just about to perish he 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 was he was on the brink uh we were able to mo- he had gotten so weak he couldn't move the, those boxes to get out and um so we were able to get the door open get everything out of the way get him out and uh we rushed him to McDonald's and got him a lemonade and he drank six large <laughs> lemonades in about 20 minutes and it was like uh you know, on ET, when the little flower kind of comes back to life, it was totally like that. Like, he could just sort of see life coming back into him. And, uh, that day, we got an email from, uh, was it the center, the senior center or? Uh, area agency on aging. Area agency on aging. And, uh, they had made available, uh, some air conditioners. For elderly people living in trailer parks. And uh, so we called right away and I said, hey, we got to get we got to get uh, John one of these air conditioners. And the next day, I think John Engel was out installing John's air conditioner in his trailer. So there we had the church uh working together with ABC and the and the county agency, which is the government and volunteers with ABC all coming together. To meet this need and man, it was just really cool to see that all happen at one time.
0: Yeah. And, and again, partnerships are so critical because no one agency involved in that whole thing could have done it. Right. It, it took everybody working together. Yes. We mentioned our, our staff names and I just want to mention, uh, there, there's an aspect of ABC that is not present tonight and that's our construction team. Yeah. And it, cause they're tired. <laughs>
3: <These guys> are <laughs> incredible.
0: They are just incredible. They're led by uh, uh John Engel, who is our, our project's foreman, uh Bill Parkhurst, Jerry White and and uh Mike Glinskus, who has recently joined the team. These are absolutely incredible men who have carpentry skills and they go out and they build wheelchair ramps for the elderly and disabled who cannot afford them. I don't know what if you know what that costs. If you try to get one built, it's gonna be at least seven thousand to twelve thousand dollars. And these guys can do it for the cost of the materials, you know. So mm-hmm. instead of a twelve thousand uh, dollar ramp, so that you can get out if there's an emergency in your, in your mobile home, yeah, it uh, it may only be you know somewhere between uh, you know maybe six hundred dollars, thousand, maybe fifteen hundred, you know, which is an incredible <coughs> incredible savings. So the and and they install grab bars mm-hmm. as well, you know. Uh, I think w- one of the stats that we heard a couple years ago was at one time. I think the stat was that 50 percent of elderly people who entered a hospital for a fall-related injury never came back out. Mm. You know, so when you install a grab bar or a wheelchair ramp, you're, you're really creating a, a life-saving uh, situation there. So our congratulations to John and Bill and Jerry and, and Mike for uh, for their work. I also want to mention our, our ABC board of directors too. They're the mm-hmm. kind of the the quiet behind-the-scenes folks, but. It is the dream team. Mm. It is the dream team. You know, I've been in state government, federal government, been a lot of places in churches. And I'll tell you, we have the dream team here with this board, led by uh, Dr. Robert Chin, a local physician in our area. Uh, Robert Marks uh, is our treasurer. Chris Whitler is uh, one of our directors. And then we have liaisons, uh, Jeff Phillips and Pastor Ross Bryles and i'll tell you it is is so there there were times in my history when i'd look forward to a meeting and go oh
3: man <laughs>
0: <laughs> not another one you know and and make sure the coffee was ultra strong you know before i got to the meeting it is just a joy to show up at these board. Now I'm not thrilled about 6:30 in the morning. I was going to say,
1: except for the fact that we meet at 6:30 you know, a.m.
0: Meeting at zero dark thirty doesn't thrill me, <laughs> but uh, the, the, the guys do, and, and it's just a wonderful team. So I just want to mention those names to, to let you know that uh, the, the, these are, are the men that are they're that driving this from behind and and in quiet, you know, very quietly behind the scenes. But a, a lot of credit has to go to them for what ABC is all about. We're bumping the clock just a little bit. Any other uh,
1: stories that uh, anyone has like to share? Well, I think we should uh, brag about Mike just a little.
2: I think so too. Because <laughs> he's way too self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah. You know. That's
1: a big word. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned everybody except yourself because you don't do that. So we need to mention you. Um, I, I, I just want to say how much I appreciate the way that you, um, serve the ministry th- mm. through directing it. Um, uh, Mike is not a, a top down kind of leader. He, he doesn't, uh, ever, uh, you know, say this is the law, you better do it. Uh, and he's also the kind of the, of, uh, of a director of an organization that actually gets out and is on the street. Mike leads monthly. Junior hires, uh, to go out, uh, into the streets of Modesto and clean up the graffiti, making, uh, neighborhoods in our community, uh, a lot safer, uh, by wiping out some of that graffiti and the messages that it contains. So I just want to say thanks for, for your tireless work. And I don't, I honestly don't know how you fit your whole life into your life, but, uh, you're doing a good that, job. That remains
0: a conundrum, my friend I. <laughs>
2: That's a big word, too. (laughs) We'll figure that out
0: on the other side of eternity, I think. Well, Chris, thank you uh, so much. And, again, thanks to our guests tonight, uh, Chris Whitler and uh, David Lambert, Beverly Ballum, and our office manager, Brenda Lapome, and, uh, of course, uh, assisting us here always quite. And not, not a lot of people know, but Al helped birth ABC. He sat in his pickup truck for, like, seven hours out in the parking lot while we were talking about this vision for this ministry and uh, he helped kind of pray it into uh, into existence. So a lot of, a lot of credit goes to to Al for his efforts. We have a little Christmas musical treat for you, uh, dear listeners, just to get you in the Christmas mood. And I hope you're ready to rock out because th- th- this is really cool. Uh, I had the pleasure of actually playing horn in in this orchestra a couple of years ago and uh Christy Randlett is the is the soloist uh, she was at uh, Big Valley Grace many years ago and now i think is at a church in florida if i recall right but this is the Big Valley uh, uh, choir and orchestra with Christy Randlett as the soloist and you know if if you have subwoofers you know make sure they're on <laughs> and just just crank this dude up and uh, from all of us at advancing vibrant communities and lighthouse live we wish you a blessed and merry christmas and a wonderful, safe, and serving-filled New Year.
3: There were shepherds on the hillside There were angels in the sky They said boys don't you be afraid This is a night of your life There's a baby in the manger That the whole world needs to know If it begins here with you Here's what you must do Go tell, go tell, go tell, go tell What you see (laughs) And <laughs>